Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. One thing that I've seen in every tech ecosystem, I've worked in a lot, is that every tech ecosystem builds around what is native to that environment. Imagine living your normal day and getting your car fueled up on demand. Seriously, check out LA Startup Refill Fuel and enter code WeRLATech for $10 off. That's Refill Fuel. It's amazing. Literally, you can be anywhere and have your gas totally topped off the tank and not even have to deal with it. No more gas stations to go to refillfuel.com. That's R-E-F-I-L-L-F-U-E-L.com. Code WeRLATech for $10 off. We could not do this without the community believing in our vision together. We Are LA Tech is independently funded, funded by you, the community. So to support We Are LA Tech, go to patreon.com slash We Are LA Tech. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash We Are LA Tech. This is part one of a two-part episode featuring Mike Prasad. Mike Prasad is original L.A. tech. Back when in 2007, 2008, when there pretty much was no L.A. tech scene, it was Prasad's work that led to L.A. tech becoming a top three city. It's incredible. So part one is going to focus on how did L.A. become one of the top three cities for startups. And then part two is going to focus on his current company, Tiny Sponsor, and how micro-influencers are the new most impactful influencers that exist and why sponsors want to tap into that market. Enjoy. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast. Oh my God, you guys, I am so excited to have OG LA Tech in the sound studio right now. No joke. Mike and I knew have known each other for years, like what, 2007 or eight? Like a decade. A really long time. Yeah. We've known each other forever. And, um, yeah, I mean, when Mike and I met, Twitter was new. Twitter was very new. Like, we used to use it kind of like text messaging. It was like us messaging all of our friends and saying, hey, let's go hang out. Yeah. Instead of massive text messaging. Yeah. It was incredible. It was So we're going to get anyway, We're going to get into how LA Tech was. We're going to get into Mike's company, Tiny Sponsor. We're going to get into like how Mike initially made a name for himself in the tech industry. We're going to get into it all. But to kick it off, Mike, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Mike Prasad. I'm the founder of Tiny Sponsor, and we are a marketplace for content creators and influencers to sell sponsorships to brands and small businesses. And micro-influencers are like the new-new. That's like where everything's going now. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their own argument to what's better, but when it comes down to it, if you have smaller follower accounts, you have a better conversion per right. thousand followers because right. they're more personal and they're more yeah. unique. Yeah. Like I know I'm about to go on the women in tech road trip and Kia is powering the Kia Neuro they were taking. Why? Because I'm a micro influencer in the women in tech space and they wanted somebody that has that really strong emotional connection with their fans. And then it gets a little bit hard the larger you get because you're not at, you may have like a zillion, you know, followers or listeners, but they're not actually taking action on 
the stories that you're sharing because they're getting lost in a huge crowd. Well, and also if you look at the algorithms in different platforms, you're getting less visibility yeah. per thousand followers because they can't possibly show every single follower that you have that right. content because there's just too much content they're following. Right, right, right. And so, okay, let's bring it back. When did you start your career in technology? Oh man. Um, middle school? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, what happened in middle school? No, like, like, uh, like probably high school, early high school. Um, in ninth grade, I was a graphic, I taught myself how to do graphic design. My dad worked at Oracle, and so I had one of the old corporate laptops. So, right. I, so I had some power. And I got to play with it, and I had access to all the software I wanted. And so I learned Photoshop and some 3D rendering and some fun stuff. And got into doing graphic design and eventually web design. And wow. so I had That's young dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was just something to play with. And then I realized that a local business would pay me a thousand dollars to do something. And in high school, a thousand bucks is like a crazy amount of money. Yeah. So thousand bucks is still a crazy amount of money. Yeah. But for a high school, that's yeah. like 10 grand to that's us. That's like, yo, I'm rolling in the G. <laughs> and so, okay. How did you parlay that experience when you were in junior high to where, to becoming a professional in the space as you became an adult? So in high school, I found a buddy of mine who was a programmer. And right. uh, originally I was front end in design, not like back end in right, programming. Right. So him and I teamed up and we were like, hey, we can sell this to like local businesses and help them with their marketing and their design and then build the website for them. And the whole package would be like five, 10 grand and yeah. we'd be balling. Yeah. And it worked really well. And it taught me how to figure out how design, marketing, uh, technology made a business actually grow. Right, right, right. Because we had to sell them as a solution. And so right. we were doing that in high school and then that kind of went into college and started an agency, a boutique agency at that point and got more into building solutions for other people. That led into building my own startups. Uh, Girlgamer.com was one of the first ones. Another company called Diamond Eye, which was a gambling platform right. for uh, Vegas and some other fun stuff. So getting one on the tech side and being a tech entrepreneur, startup entrepreneur, and then after that, getting into the venture side and now going back to what I know and love, which is media and tech. It's incredible. And, and, and today you're focused on tiny sponsor, but you made a huge name for yourself, especially like you were like this local celebrity for all of us because I don't know if I'm the local celebrity, but, oh, come on. but, but chefs know me. Yeah. So I was one of the co-founders of a food truck called Kogi Barbecue. Most popular in Los Angeles and now probably beyond, right? Yep. And yeah. it was it was the well, so Kogi itself is only in LA, which is what Oh, it is only in LA. Yeah, it's such a big brand, people think it's everywhere, but it's not. But Kogi was the very first food truck that wasn't a roach coach on a corner that right. had a brand that was fusion, that way had his awesome chef Roy Choi. Right. And Leverage social media. We were the we were probably the first major business case of social media. Right. Because this was in two thousand eight. Right. And Twitter only got really big at South by Southwest in 2007. Yeah. And I only knew about Twitter because yeah. I was up for a web award at South by Southwest yeah. against Twitter. Get what? Yeah. That's crazy. So South by Southwest has a web awards. Yeah. And it was, well, it wasn't me. It was my business partner, Anon, and he had a blog called April Zero and him and I worked together. We had a little agency. Yeah. And he was on stage and we both went and our, there was snook.ca, BuzzFeed, and Free. Twitter and you guys and us that's wild and we lost to Twitter because they call themselves a micro blog 
No, that's wild. That's wild. So I was like, what the hell is this microblog thing? Because we did not just fly here and lose to them to not know what they were. I signed up and then came back to like started using it and doing mm. tweet ups. Yeah. And so tweet ups. Yeah. Do tweet ups still exist? No. I mean they've I mean I forgot about somewhere. tweet ups. We used to go to tweet ups all the they were huge. They were huge. I they mean, were huge. The idea for Cookie Barbecue is tweeting up at a truck. Yeah. That was that was where it started. Yeah. I, it's incredible. It's incredible. I remember the way I discovered Twitter was okay. So when I built my sports company, I built my sports company. This is before WordPress and everything. So I built it like PHP, like it, like no, there was no open source. There was no word. There was no fast way to do it. And there was this company. It was a shoe co- commerce company called Zappos. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't like known known at the time, but they were really well written about as a company that had the fastest loading website. So I wanted to study how this commerce company with a lot of images had the fastest loading website. And I wanted to study their code or their development or whatever. And so then this guy, Tony Shea got involved and then he started using Twitter. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to figure out everything this company Zappos is doing. And then Zappos became a cultural phenomenon too. Yeah, yeah. Like what is it with like 2008, you know, <laughs> and like Zappos and Twitter and even like, like, I mean, like Facebook was just growing then, right? It hadn't dominated the world yet. That was around 2008 too. Like when did yeah. Facebook break out? I don't, I don't it know still was like universe. It was still like university. 2008 was like between 2007 and 2009 were just revolutionary years for what was to become the future of marketing and branding and and how we interact as technology companies. But I think what was interesting about that year is that it's when you started to see a lot of transition from desktop to mobile. Like Twitter was working oh, on SMS, true. if you remember that. Yeah. Um, and Facebook was kind of getting, people were using it to interact in real life. So right. this whole transition of digital to real life to eventually mobile yeah. really started evolving in use cases around then. Totally, totally. It's crazy. And so so we've known each other. So how have you seen, we're talking about Austin, Texas law, but how have you seen Los Angeles transform from where we were back in 2007, 2008, 2009 to today? Being I mean, the top three tech city in the world. First of all, do you remember the photo back then where like all of us fit in the photo at South yeah, by? Yeah, yeah. That, that was all of LA tech like in one all photo. Of LA tech fit in one photo. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if there was a bomb in that room, literally, we wouldn't have LA tech. No, no. And I remember <laughs> I found out about South by Southwest. So building my sports company. So South by Southwest was at least what I thought was a music conference. And I used to, with my sports company, work with Dim Mock. I don't know if you know Steve Aoki's Dim Mock. And um, one of the, the business guys with Dim Mock told me about South by this music place. And so Jonathan Dingman, who's amazing. Oh, Jonathan Dingman. He's like know. the most amazing WordPress developer on the planet. Jonathan Dingman goes, you know what? And you know, Carl, be sure to like put Jonathan's links in the show notes. Jonathan Dingman goes, why don't you come with us? It was like the day before. Why don't you come with us to South by Southwest? And I was like the music conference. He's like, no, no, no. There's like a tech thing. And I'm like, and it, I got a so Southwest ticket, ticket, and just like flew there. I think I crashed like with other people in their hotel room. Like, <laughs> like it was crazy. It was well, it crazy. Was small. It was a couple yeah. thousand people. I remember seeing Jeff Bezos just walking down the hall, and no yeah. one giving a shit. <laughs> it was crazy. It was a crazy time. It was a crazy time. Yeah. And now tech overtook their tech interactive at South by overtook yeah, yeah. the music and everything else. It, it was the most influential, brought in the most money. It's just amazing what we've been able to be a part of. So, yeah. How has Los Angeles gone from, you know, ever all of us fitting in a photo? Where is it today? And what have you noticed about that trajectory? 
there's a lot of things. So back then I almost, I almost left LA to San Francisco. I was tempted to move to San Francisco and I was like, I want to be in tech. I'm already working in it. There's not much of a community here, but there was Twitter and there were some of us tweeting on Twitter. And that's how we got to know each other. These LA geek dinners. Yeah. And so these small groups of people that were all like, well, we want to be in LA, but we need to do this. Yeah. And so digital LA came out of that. Like you had, um, uh, a lot of the original VCs like Mark Suster was, was back in that day was doing that. And there's a small group of people. Yeah. But it was very this uh, this this community saying we're trying to be a community. Yeah. And the community collab was tons of collaboration. We went. Yeah. We had people from San Francisco going back and forth. Yeah, I so, used to fly there every week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's all about Virgin America. <laughs> yeah. And, totally. And so that was the beginning. And if you look at the cornerstones of LA Tech now, that came from that. They all came from that group. Right. It did. I mean, Sean Percival. Sean Percival. Yeah. Mark Suster. You. Uh, digital Page Craig, Page Page Craig, like yeah. Page single-handedly, like I would argue, put a lot of the angel investing scene and in, in, got got it going because he was willing to make those investments. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the next step after that portion of our connectivity was Cam Kashani and her co-founder, yeah. you know, coming yeah. to LA with Coloft. It was about two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and. They came, so I used to have this meetup group at, uh, I had a, a, um, an office with a movie theater for my sports company, and I had Entrepreneurs Anonymous Nights. <laughs> and uh, and you weren't allowed to switch business cards or anything, and I would play movies. And so Cam Kashani and her co-founder came, and they were like, oh, we're building a co-working space. And I'm like, oh, what's that? They're like, they're all over San Francisco. They're like the newest, and they're the best. And I was like, well, I'll check it out. And it was while the building was still in construction. Yeah, I remember and that. It was crazy. And I remember when I met with them initially, um, they were talking about, you know, everything they, they were going to do with the community. And I was like, oh, you got to like make money. Like you have to focus on making money. And they're like, look, community first, profit second. And they stuck true. And I, I truly think the L.A. tech scene would not exist at least not as powerful as it is today if it wasn't for Cam Kashani's community work in 2009 and building up that hub for the LA tech community at Coloft. I agree. The, the origination of effectively Silicon Beach was basically Cam Kashani and Paige Craig. Yeah. On two sides of the equation. Community and money. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that gave everyone the resources to do stuff. Yeah. And Cam gave them the the platform to connect and all that came together and solidified and then became what we now know as Silicon Beach. Yeah. Supposedly, I read in some article somewhere. Is this even true? Supposedly, like, Paige is the one that came up with Silicon Beach. If I remember right, it was him and I want to say Nicole Jordan. and Nicole Jordan! Yeah. Shout out to Nicole Jordan. She's amazing. <laughs> and we were... I believe we were, I don't know if it was that night, but there was a night where we were all hanging out at Paige's rooftop yeah. on his place, like in Venice. Yeah, he did this all the time. And he did it all the time. It was all one of those barbecues. nights where it started because he was like literally on the beach. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think it started as a joke or something, but then it stuck. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And now there's all these like Silicon Beach things. What, what does Silicon Beach mean to you? Because to me, Silicon Beach is everything from I was just talking to Neil from Startup San Diego and I was like, Neil, we need to like collaborate because we need to make sure that we're all supporting one another as the Silicon Beach thing. Um, So I view it as like from San Diego all the way up to like Santa Barbara, 
um, all the way like to Silver Lake and downtown and Pasadena, all the way over to, to the beach and everything. Where do you see Silicon Beach? As I don't being? know. I mean, it's a, it's a vague, it's a loose term, right? I would say it's more indicative of the community than the geography. Yeah. And and to be fair, I, I don't, so my office, we have an office in Playa Vista. Yeah. I work out of Hollywood as well. Yeah. Uh, I spend a lot of time downtown. Yeah. Downtown would not call themselves Silicon Beach, right? What do they call themselves? I don't know. But, but the point <laughs> is that they wouldn't call themselves Silicon yeah. Beach. So, and I think it's a little bit of a different mentality. The downside to the community being so big is that yeah. there's a scene yeah. for better and for worse. Yeah. And so you have the pros and cons of that. Yeah. And I, if I had to draw a general map, it's basically anywhere west of the 405. Right. Yeah. And within a couple mile radius, uh, north south radius of the 10. Yeah. Right. In general. But I like what you said. I th- think it's, you're right. It's about just the, the a concept of the type of community that exists in this general region. It's, it's, it's a yeah. culture, right? Yeah, it's a culture. And that's really, sure. and again, cultures have good and bad things. San Francisco has its own startup culture, just like New York does, just like LA does. And San Francisco is and San Francisco's confusing in that way too, because in San Francisco, if I remember all the areas right, you have like Menlo Park mm-hmm. and you have San Jose and you have, and like, and for, you know, when people say Silicon Valley, they think it's, it's like a wide range, kind of like LA. It's a wide, like it's an hour or more train ride to some of these places. Yeah. From San Francisco. Well, San Francisco from from yeah. like San Jose to San Francisco, it's about an hour. Yeah. And there's this idea of Silicon Valley as this all encompassing thing. For me, when I think of LA and the startup scene, I don't think of really Silicon Beach. I think of LA Tech. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad. So I came I came up with there's this amazing organization in New York called We Are New York Tech. And they are a lot different than We Are LA Tech in the sense that they have this gorgeous website and it's all about like profiling. I think it's run by a lot of like web design talent and mm-hmm. it's about profiling these people in the community. I'm really inspired by what they do. And I I I'm glad that I landed on LA Tech rather than the term Silicon Beach. I'm not really a big fan of like Silicon Beach. I like and I like has, the has word other, tech. Other, other meanings of Silicon, Silicon. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's kind of where my head goes. But I like the word tech. I think it's. I think yeah. tech is just a straightforward just tech, and then it makes it more broad too, and it applies to more people and, and more more accessible, right? Yeah. So one thing that I've seen in every tech ecosystem I've worked in a lot is that every tech ecosystem builds around what is native to that environment. So LA has content and media. San Francisco has high technical skill, right? Yeah. And New York has more marketing and big brands and finance. And so every ecosystem is going to build around that. You look at like even Austin, it's building around a lot of these, uh, like like Dell and some other companies that are are Texas based, right? Right, You have a lot of that overlap there. So, you adopt technology is one aspect and then you build around it based on what that local culture is. Right. Right. And LA is largely an origination point of culture for the rest of the world and at least for the U S. Yeah. So having that happen in tech, if you look at our successes, it's a very, it's very distinctly different than the successes in Silicon Valley or somewhere else. Right. What now, what, what inspired you to create tiny sponsor and, and how can it help? Like, you know, I'm going on this road trip right now with, for women in tech. So if there's someone like me or me, like, what would you tell me? How can tiny sponsor be a part of that journey with a micro influencer to really help bring resource to the mission that we have? So before I get into tiny sponsor, yeah. I'm ask you to do something if you can. Yeah. Can Should you, I clap? Should I do a dance? Do a dance? Oh, do hey, dance? we're live. <laughs> um, could you repost the stream? Repost, repost the stream. my Facebook post. 
a show. Oh, right now. Yes. Yes. I can go. So get off yeah. the podcast. Okay. Because, and then I'll, and I'll explain why. Yeah. But the reason behind it, so I'll talk about why. Yeah, go for it. Is, and go back to LA. So LA has this community of content creators, right? Like yourself. Yeah. And one of the best things about, like, like success in social media influence and all that stuff is really, it's content plus distribution. So I can be here creating great content with you on my stream. Right. But without distribution, I mean, I have a little bit of people. You have a little bit of people. But the combination that builds distribution and that combination is what makes the whole overall package valuable. So what LA is uniquely and distinctly positioned as is that we originate and create content and culture. Okay, it's been shared. But what we also do is we distribute it. Yeah. You think about Hollywood, right? Distribution is everything. So other markets focus usually on distribution only. Right. We have a unique culture in our city where we have all these creators and we have an environment where that's that the diversity and the process of creation is very, very much reinforced. Right. And incentivized. And, and right. we have industry around that. And so that's actually why Tiny Sponsor is not in San Francisco and why it's in LA. Right. One. And two, um, that's actually why what led me to create it. We Are LA Tech is independently funded by the community. We couldn't make this happen without your support. If you too want to contribute to We Are LA Tech and see us making the podcast, building the mobile apps, creating the events year after year, consider contributing at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash We Are LA Tech. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.